You're listening to Every Song Has a Story, an independent podcast that aims to provide a platform for artists to talk about their inspirations and their unique process of writing songs. Big City Productions is committed to carrying on the conversation about local art and culture in your community. Welcome back. How's it going? Here we are. We made it to episode 10. 10 different songwriters and 10 different stories. Thank you for being a part of our journey exploring the creative process. We are lucky that we continue to find artists willing to share their experiences. Our next guest shares a few stories with us and talks about the importance of using your own voice and your own words when creating music. Because you never know when you're going to write someone's favorite song. Fredericton, New Brunswick is where this songwriter calls home. And after a break from music, he's returned to writing and releasing songs that combine folk, rock, and country to tell authentic stories that connect with audiences. In 2019 and 2021, his abilities were recognized with nominations for SoCan's Song of the Year. And his latest collection of songs, East of Nowhere, continues to receive radio play. From coast to coast, our guest has filled venues with his versatile voice and the on-stage humor that he uses to introduce each song. He plans to continue writing music and touring North America, so don't be surprised if you see his name in the bright lights of the marquee at a theatre near you. For more information, find us on Instagram at Every Song Has a Story, or check out BigCity.com. Maybe 20 minutes in, into our set, I looked out the window and you couldn't see the rental van anymore. It was buried in snow. A full-on costume monster mask with like big googly eyes and, and nasty looking fangs um, was ambling across the parking lot, kind of staggering. Despite everything that's gone on, that one lady in Edmonton said that I wrote her favorite song. And that's kind of why we do this. It is to connect with people through music. Use your own words and then what's unique about your voice. And, and I think that that's going to serve you really well as a songwriter. My name's Colin Fowley, and I am a singer-songwriter from Fredericton, New Brunswick. And uh, I've been, you know, writing songs and, and touring back and forth across Canada and the United States only since about 2018. But... I've had some great experiences in that time, and today we're going to talk about my song, Someone's Favorite Song. Could you describe the day that the idea for the song came to you? Yeah, um, in, in vivid detail. So the idea for this song came to me in Lethbridge, Alberta. So we had, uh, this was late 2019, and I was touring with uh, my sideman, who's an incredible guitarist and dobro player, by the name of Liam Keith Jacques. And he's, he's actually listed as a co-writer on this song. And we flew out to Calgary. It took a couple of days, just rehearsed together, did a warm-up gig in Calgary, then drove up to Edmonton to do a show. And we had a beautiful night, sold-out show, great crowd. And afterwards, I, I got into a conversation with a lady just, uh, you know, talking about independent music and that sort of thing. And she told me that one of the songs that I played during that show, which is an, another tune called Photographs, was now her favorite song. And, 
you know, she might say that to all the touring artists that come through, pick one of their songs and, and make them feel really good, but it worked. It absolutely worked. And immediately after that show, I got sick and, you know, my voice was, was raspy as I'll get out. And we had two shows the next day in Medicine Hat. So we drove down to Medicine Hat and I did those shows with, you know, most things were down an octave. Like I was actually doing kind of my best Johnny Cash, Coulter Wall impersonation. Even did a Crash Test Dummies cover that day, which I normally don't pull out. And, you know, so it was going a little rough, three shows in or four shows in. And fortunately, my voice came back after that, and we headed to Lethbridge the next day. And when we arrived in town, we were really looking forward to having, uh, spending some time at a locally owned guitar shop that had uh, some vintage instruments we wanted to check out. But unfortunately, it was closed. Um, they gave no reason, and, and we were kind of bummed out, but we needed supplies. So we did what you do when you're a touring musician in Canada. We hit up Long and McQuaid. And we're in the acoustic room just playing around killing time. And an indigenous elder and his son from a, a neighboring First Nation, they were there picking out a guitar for their worship group. And we just got to chatting, swapped a couple of tunes, and they asked if they could have a prayer circle for us. I've never had a prayer circle for me before. And I am, truth be told, a bit of a heathen. So, uh, but I didn't feel that it was appropriate to say no. So we all got together, bowed our heads, and they, they said some words and, and sent us along our way. And from there, we went to get gas. And I was gassing up the rental van, and a gentleman in a full-on costume monster mask with, like, big googly eyes and, and nasty-looking fangs um, was ambling across the parking lot, kind of staggering. And he looked at me, and he just said, you know, I'm going to effing kill you, man. So I'm sitting there with the, with the gas nozzle in my hand, and I was ready to defend myself with it, and it's all I had. And somebody came jogging up behind him and grabbed him by the shoulder and stopped him and said, no, that's not the guy. And then just kind of steered him off into the convenience store. So already the day has kind of started to deteriorate. And we left the gas station, went looking for the venue. And a guy who was driving, you know, quite aggressively was clearly impatient with me. And as I signaled to make a lane change over into the right-hand lane, he floored it to try and pass me on the inside. And he bounced off the rental van into a parked car. So we had to go down to the Lethbridge Police Department and do a bunch of paperwork. And we finally got to the venue, which is a place called The Slice. Owner's great. Crowd is great. Uh, really enjoyed the venue. And we're on stage, and this was September the 29th. And about 20 minutes in, into our set, I looked out the window, and you couldn't see the rental van anymore. It was buried in snow. And we wound up getting something like 80 to 90 centimeters of snow over the next weekend. And that night after Lethbridge, we had to make it to Calgary. So we decided it would be best to drive in the night when we're the, you know, kind of alone on the highway, just take our time. And I think that that drive took us six, six and a half hours that night. And it was during that drive that we're just kind of laughing at, at the comedy of it all, how badly this tour of Alberta is going so far. And it's just kicking our butts. And I was laughing, saying, all right, we're going to write uh, a road country song when we have some downtime. And it's going to be about the fact that, you know, we're idiots. And the next time that somebody says, hey, you want to come play Alberta? We'll 100% be on the plane on the way out. Because despite everything that's gone on, that one lady in Edmonton said that I wrote her favorite song. 
And that's kind of why we do this. You know, it's, it's not for the fame or the money. It is to connect with people through music. So after our, uh, the leg of our Alberta tour was over, we actually had a couple of days off in Revelstoke, BC. And we just sat there and uh, chilled out. And, and I think we watched the new Sturgill Simpson, uh, the, the Sturgill Simpson anime feature, um, Sound and Fury, I think it's called. And then wrote this song. And it's called Someone's Favorite Song. And it's just documenting um, what happened in Alberta and how I couldn't wait to get home. But at the same time, you know, I absolutely loved what I was doing. And, and we wound up debuting the song at a show in Penticton at the Dream Cafe. And it, uh, that was one of the most magical nights that uh, I've ever had as a performer. You know, it was an amazing room and, you know, it just kind of lit up the whole thing. And then, and then we went on to Vancouver, played a couple of shows, got to hang out with, um, with Devin Cuddy, who's uh, Jim Cuddy's son. Played a gig with him and, yeah, then we flew home. And that was kind of the story behind that song. And, you know, it's kind of held up and a lot of folks that come out to our shows, they know the words to that one. And there's a lyric in the, uh, the opening lyric to the song is, uh, you might never see my name up in lights on a sign, talking about, you know, a theater marquee. And so when we did the, uh, the album launch show for uh, my record, East of Nowhere, here in Fredericton, New Brunswick, uh, it was at the Fredericton Playhouse. And this was during COVID, so, you know, we had to make special accommodations and whatnot. We didn't have a full house or anything. Uh, we weren't allowed to legally. And, but they had my name up in lights on the marquee of the playhouse. So a bunch of people who had, who knew the song, because it had already come out as a single, uh, were sending me photos of that, you know, for social media. Well, there you go. Your name's up in lights. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, a cool, t cool tune. I'm really proud of it. And that's the story. So what came first, the music or the words? Some of the words came first on that one. Uh, we were actually in the car. I was riffing on ideas back and forth. So like the payoff line at the end of the chorus, but up here tonight, I'm singing someone's favorite song. I came up with that first. And then we started just trying to, to hammer out some verses and then put music to it and whatnot in Revelstoke. And so do you usually write in silence or with music going, or do you have your guitar in your hand? Um, it, when I'm, Riffing on lyric ideas, lyric and melody ideas, sometimes I'll do that. Uh, that often happens in my car. Otherwise, I have a guitar in my hands when I'm writing. So it's either usually on the couch or someplace comfortable with a guitar or in the car uh, on long drives, which, you know, if you tour Canada, you do a lot of those. So maybe you could describe the perfect setting for writing a song? Wow, that's a great question. I don't know. I've gotten so used to writing in, in different different environments. But honestly, I do my best work right here on my couch at home with, you know, a notepad or my laptop on the coffee table in front of me. And, you know, everything else is comfortable and I can just kind of tune out the world and focus on the song. And that, that's definitely where I've done my best work. What did you learn when you were writing this song? This, this was definitely one of those songs where I... I tried to go for an economy of words and like really not say too much and just try and paint a picture with, uh, you know, as few descriptors as possible. So I learned, learned a little bit more about myself and about my editing process. And so, you know, my first record, which came out in 2019, 
probably wasn't as focused on the the editing process after kind of you have the, the song framed out and the lyrics and all that. But someone's favorite song is one where I definitely, uh, you know, sharpened the pencil and tried to get it as concise as possible because, yeah, I felt that we were working on something special. And did you write this song with a specific audience in mind? No, I typically, and I typically don't do that. Um, I, I let, I like to, you know, when a song kind of comes to me and, and uh, the whole process is happening, I try not to steer it too much. I try and let the song steer me. Although, you know, I'm hugely influenced by sort of the alt country roots Americana genre, if you will, you know, that, that country music with, uh, with the real lyrics these days. And so that's kind of my default setting. And that that's where this song felt like it fit as I was writing it. And, uh, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't about to protest. As the song plays through, I'm wondering what part continues to resonate with you. The very intro of the song, like it, it comes in with, uh, you know, the band just kind of crashes in all together and I absolutely love it. There's, there's always a burst of, of energy every time we, we fire up that song as a band and, you know, obviously I'm often performing solo or duo shows. And so between the intro and the chorus, the chorus is just really, really fun to sing. And it's one where people that are fans of my music, uh, they know the lyrics. So it, it's one where folks are typically singing it back to me. And that is always such an incredible feeling. And the first, one of the first times I noticed that, uh, you had asked for like a memorable performance. So I was up at uh, playing a festival here in Perth Andover, New Brunswick, called the Larley Creek Hullabaloo. And there were folks in the crowd, you know, singing. It's, it's a giant festival tent. And, and I could hear people singing my song back to me. So loved it. Absolutely loved it. What was the most challenging aspect of getting this song ready to record? You know, th this one really wasn't that much of a challenge. Um, Ariel Posen produced the song when we recorded it, and everything just seemed to make sense. Like, we were firing ideas back and forth, like what the instrumentation was going to be, and, and we just weren't second-guessing anything. It just all fell into place. And, you know, other than having to try and trim out uh, a couple of chords that I had put in there that were maybe a little bit awkward so that it really flowed well. Uh, Ariel hoped with, helped with that. That was the biggest challenge. But uh, otherwise, you know, it, uh, yeah, it just, that was an easy one. So where was this song recorded? It was recorded in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Was that the first time you recorded there? Yes, it was. So uh, I was recording uh, at Backbeat Studios, which is owned and operated by Cody Iwasiak, who also uh, recently has been out drumming on tour with uh, William Prince. And that was that was my first time recording there. It was my first time uh, to Winnipeg, actually. And it was during COVID, so there wasn't a whole lot going on. But uh, I still really enjoyed my time and, and working with that team out there was unbelievable. Did anyone accompany you on the song for the recording? Yes, yes. So on the recording, um, we have, uh, I'm playing acoustic guitars and lead vocal. Ariel Posen is playing electric guitars, background vocals. He might have added some piano on that, I'm not sure. And then we had Cody Iwasiak on the drums, Julian Bradford on the bass, and Ham 
Hammond organ was played by a gentleman named Kevin Gastongay from Minneapolis. And he actually uh, can often be seen playing with Corey Wong. Great team. Great team. Were there any recording tricks or unique production techniques used when you were tracking this song? Well, one of the things that happened was because it was during COVID, we were kind of uh, using a hybrid model to get the record recorded. So I did vocals, guitar, my guitar. Um, we did drums and bass and, and piano and some electric guitars out in Winnipeg. And then we all went our separate ways. And Ariel was actually in Montreal at the time that he was recording the session guitars. Uh, excuse me, sessioning the electric guitars. And we were on Zoom for that. So... And when we were doing pre-production for the song, I was actually in quarantine in Winnipeg while the rest of the guys were in the studio. So we used Zoom a little bit. And then once we got it to uh, a point where we could add the, the Hammond organ to it, you know, we, uh, we bounced the track over to Kevin and he recorded everything from his studio in Minneapolis and sent us back the results. So it was a bit of a hybrid with, uh, you know, in-person and virtual and, you know, I think that that's going to be something you see a lot more of going forward, where, you know, during the whole pandemic, a lot of musicians got themselves um, equipped specifically to be able to record themselves and their instruments at home. So if you could record anywhere, where would you choose to record a few songs? I set foot in a studio here in Miramichi, New Brunswick called Barrytone Studios, which is run by uh, Jason Barry. And he moved the studio back to New Brunswick a couple of years ago. And the first time I set foot in there, I was like, I have to do some work here. I absolutely love his studio. And I'm going to be doing that uh, over the next couple of months. So I'm going to be making my next record at Barrytone Studios. Where's the best place that we can find this song? So someone's favorite song is out on all the streaming platforms. Uh, there's also a fantastic lyric video that uh, my friend Puppet Garel created for it that can be found on YouTube. And it, uh, man, she did an incredible job of capturing the emotions that, uh, that that song evoked for me as I was writing it. So any of the above uh, that's on Bandcamp, wherever you listen to music, you can find that too. So where do you listen to music? I, I listen to music. I mean, I listen on Spotify as a music fan, like as an artist, I know that there's all kinds of talk about the royalties and the payouts and whatnot. But as a music fan, the access I have to like everything I can think of is, is so amazing that uh, I listen to a fair bit there. I listen to music on Bandcamp and when I'm driving and I get bored of, you know, trying to find stuff on the streaming services, I'll tune into indie radio, uh, campus community radio, or the CBC to see what they're playing. And that's, that's about it, though. And on vinyl here at home in my basement. That's, that's probably my favorite. <laughs> what can we expect from you in the future? So I'm going to have a full-length uh, alt-country album. Well, I mean, I don't know. We don't know what it's going to be till it's done, but uh, I'm working on a record that'll be launching sometime later this year, but I will be putting out some singles as soon as they're ready. And in the meantime, you know, folks are following me on, uh, you know, wherever. I'm, I'm on all the social medias and, and all that kind of stuff. I'll be putting out some singles that I am recording at home, some stripped-down versions of tunes off of uh, my last record, which may very well include uh, an acoustic version of someone's favorite song. 
And that's the plan is just to keep the songs coming and to make a bunch of cool music with cool people and keep releasing it. So I plan to keep myself really busy. Maybe you could name a few of your favorite venues. Well, as I mentioned before, I had an amazing time at uh, the Dream Cafe in Penticton. Played some great shows in Ontario. I love uh, Bracebridge Hall in Bracebridge, Ontario. I love Vibration Studios in Osgood, Ontario. It doesn't get much better here in New Brunswick than being able to play at the Fredericton Playhouse or the Imperial Theatre in St. John. Those are absolutely top shelf. And the next time I have the chance to get back to the Carlton in Halifax, I'll do that in a heartbeat as well. All right, so a hypothetical question now. You have a last-minute show scheduled at a really big venue. Who do you call to join you on stage, and who else would you like on the bill? If I'm playing as a, uh, you know, if I'm playing a show and I need a support musician, I my first call is always to my friend Blair Nicole. She is uh, she's been out on tour with me a couple of times as my sideman and is an amazing singer songwriter on her own um, electric guitar player and she plays steel and so if i have the opportunity to bring her along i'm i'm going to do that and if it calls for a full band i'm, I'm going to call my crew so um you know the folks that uh, that helped me get here they're the folks i'm going to call my dream is to uh, probably open up for like jason isbell in the 400 unit <laughs> i'd like to see that bill and so when you're about to go on stage What's running through your mind the minute before you go on? Not much, honestly. Um, I try and just kind of zone out before I go on stage. And, you know, I will, I'll just be kind of singing my songs in my head. You know, if I have my guitar with me, I'm just lightly strumming away and just keeping things moving. I don't get a tremendous amount of stage fright. If I'm, you know, launched into a situation on a huge stage where I haven't been before, then I'll get a little bit nervous. But usually, you know, I just try and, and take some, some quiet time for myself. I'm just thinking about the songs um, and, and, you know, doing the best job that I can on stage. And I try and tune out all other distractions. What advice would you give anyone starting out as a songwriter? Just give yourself permission to finish the songs, even if you think that they're bad. And you're going to write some bad ones before you start getting at the gold. But, you know, don't try too hard to be like somebody else. And don't try too hard to take your own words and frame them up in what you think is poetic language. Um, just, you know, use your own words and, and your own musical intuition and, and take it from there. Because when you try and be something else... Uh, the songs often come off sounding contrived. You know, there's there's too many cliches and overused metaphors. Use your own words and, and what's unique about your voice. And, and I think that that's going to serve you really well as a songwriter. Could you give a shout out to anyone you think we should check out? So I'm going to give a shout out to another Canadian artist who just released uh, an incredible album. Uh, my friend Claire Coupland. That's C-L-A-I-R-E. C-O-U-P-L-A-N-D. Uh, she just made a record and she was working with like uh, Griffin Goldsmith from the band Dawes and the thing turned out stunning. I think that uh, it's, it's fresh out there and everyone should go have a listen to it and, and support Claire. She's an incredible musician and an even better person. About 20 minutes in, into our set, I looked out the window and you couldn't see the rental van anymore. It was buried in snow. A full-on costume monster mask with like big googly eyes and, and nasty-looking fangs um, 
was ambling across the parking lot, kind of staggering. Despite everything that's gone on, that one lady in Edmonton said that I wrote her favorite song. And that's kind of why we do this. It is to connect with people through music. Use your own words and, and what's unique about your voice. And, and I think that that's going to serve you really well as a songwriter. My name is Colin Fowley and you're listening to Every Song Has a Story with Big City Productions.